the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. My name's Ellie Greening. And my name's Sandra Patel-Stewart. On this podcast, we will be interviewing some of the UK's greatest tech leaders. We'll be discussing war stories, battle scars, and their learnings from their journeys. Hopefully, you will pick up some great tips, learn from others' experiences, and have a good laugh along the way. Hi everyone and welcome to the Let's Talk Leadership podcast. Super happy today to have the fantastic Tobias Toyburn, who is the CEO at Lycon. So Tobias is a well-traveled and highly successful CEO and founder. He first founded Groupon Australia and then went on to lead the success story of Groupon Asia. Following on from this, Tobias worked as VP for Klarna and a number of other great brands. After this, Tobias decided to start Lycon, who are a highly successful digital health company who are based in Berlin. And they really are going from strength to strength over the past five years. Uh, we're extremely happy to call Tobias one of our clients here at Transition Partners, but it's great to finally get you on the podcast and have a chat about your experience and your story. So hello. Hello. Thanks a lot for having me. That was the best pronunciation of my last name ever. <laughs> By an English-speaking person, Ellie. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fantastic. It's great to have you on um, our show finally, Tobias, because we've, um, I know Sarah's been talking to you about it for some time and obviously we've worked with you for a couple of years now. I think you were, we opened up Berlin um, just just coming up to two years, actually, um, and you, you, you like on um, as one of our first clients. So you've really helped us, you know, grow our brand um, and office in, in Berlin. So thank you very much for your support and hope that the people that we've supplied to you have gone on to do a, a great job for you. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. I mean, thanks a lot for being in Berlin. Uh, <laughs> I think it was a great journey. We had really a lot of like significant positions uh, on a lot of levels, but especially also on like leadership levels, sea level, yeah. etc. So that was uh, a really good journey with you guys so far. Thanks a lot for this. Thank you. Great. So let's um, let's get straight into it then. So um, I always like to start with. Um, I think it's always really good to just find out more about you. You've obviously got a very successful, highly successful career and background, and um, so it would be really good to if you could just um, initially start with. Um, where everything started, so from education right the way through um, to where you are today. Cool. Um, look, well, first of all, I'm I'm 40 years old and have two kids, um, <laughs> and you know I grew up in in, uh, in Oldenburg uh, or Kloppenburg, which is a small town in north of Germany. Um, important part of my my life was always sports, and that is also. Like they kind of led me to where I'm today. So uh, this is why I want to briefly describe what I did. So when I was younger, I was really doing a lot of like sports, basically seven days a week. Uh, but I was also um, like very much into, let's say, body and mind things like uh, meditation and nutrition and, and this and that. And I was a bit of a nerd these days. Uh, a lot of people laughed. Uh, my friends laughed about me when I was younger, uh, <laughs> doing stuff like meditation and so on. But I, I was always a bit like this. Um, and this obviously helps me, me a lot with you know, what I'm doing now, which is, which is obviously, obviously also, you know, let's say, body-related, medical-related and, and, and nutrition-related. So 
Um, so, however, uh, in the end, I studied, um, you know, business administration. After that, I went into consultancy, did that for a couple of years, uh, then into private equity. Um, and uh, yeah, I worked in, 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 in the UK, in Swindon, close to London, uh, as well as in Paris for a year each. And afterwards, I, um, you know, was um, going to Australia and founding a company there called Groupon. Um, pretty successful these days. Mm -hmm. And then I, you know, was responsible mm -hmm. for Asia Pacific. They're leading eight countries, uh, mostly flying around from left to right. Uh, uh, sometimes I, you know, I'm saying I slept more in, in planes than in, uh, <laughs> in my own bed, which was kind of true. And... Yeah, which was true because it's such a long trip from Australia, like Sydney, where I lived, mm -hmm. to everywhere, right? So you have to fly in eight hours to the next country. And then, you know, from whatever, Australia to India, which was one of my countries, uh, it was a, a forever trip, right, as you can imagine. So anyway, um, at some point I got a bit homesick um, and because Australia is far, far away, so I decided to go back to Europe. Uh, ended up in, in the end working, you know, for a German media concern in, in venture capital. And uh, yeah, at that point I kind of had the idea of, of, of Lycon. It was more of a coincidence because I, I felt pretty, like pretty shitty these days. So I had like stomach problems and I did, I did feel a bit energy less. So, um, I was, I was not there where I want to be like performance wise. And yeah, I, I felt a bit chubby and these kind of things. So I, I just didn't feel good, uh, from all perspective. And I decided like to, to, you know, take, take, take control health over kick. my health. Second. So on a bit of a health kick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I wanted to have like more, I decided in the end to like have more control over my health mm -hmm. and, and like well being again. So, um, yeah, look, uh, a doctor was recommended to me like a nutrition focused doctor and he, um, however, he only could give me an appointment in like three months. So, I, as I'm a bit of a, an impatient guy, I was then looking up online if I can buy something like a nutrition intolerance test online. And uh, I found a test, uh, however, sold by a laboratory which didn't understand like, end consumers really. Um, so came in coming more from B2B than from B2C. And I felt like, well, I, I can do that a bit better um, potentially. And then look, from, from there on, I dig deeper into this topic of you know, medical self-testing, at-home testing, personalized medicine, personalized nutrition. So I spoke to a few doctors and um, in the end, uh, I decided to, you know, become self-employed in that era and um, finally got the agreement from my from my wife as well. She was pregnant at this time. Uh, oh, wow. So she gave me the confirmation that I can spend all our savings uh, on, on <laughs> Icon, uh, <laughs> which I still appreciate. Was a pretty good decision in the end, and um, yeah, look, I wanted to, you know, in the end, I wanted to empower people to take control over their health and, and live a healthy life, and mm -hmm. um, and I really wanted to help them to like, you know, be more on top of their lab results. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I wanted to give them personalized recommendations. I wanted to be like a companion, like holding hand and help people, you know, to to achieve their health goals and. It, I felt it was a bit like if you're going into a car and you have all these like things in front of you, like a cockpit, you know, you know how much fuel you need and how much uh, where your engine uh, is and how, how fast you are and, and uh, which gear you, you are, et cetera, et cetera. 
And I wanted to do the same for, you know, for, for my customers, like, but only from a health perspective. And, you know, this is why we develop all these at-home blood tests and DNA tests and everybody, uh, all of our customers get like personalized recommendations based on their results. And um, yeah, it's, it's been a good, good journey so far. Yeah, I've, um, I've actually um, personally used your test. My husband and I actually, we both have, and it's, it's great. Um, and um, it does certainly, and the support that I had, um, because there were certain things that I didn't quite understand what I needed more or less of, um, mm-hmm. and the support was great. And it enabled me to um, be more kind of hands-on with my own doctor here, um, and and you know and ask for specific additional tests or for them to monitor certain things. So it's um, yeah, I think it, it's absolutely great, and it's great that you're you know that you um, particularly given the current um, climate and situation and, and recent kind of I guess health issues that people experiencing, and uh, you know it's brilliant, fantastic. Um, so you've obviously got a very natural flair for, um, you know, you're very entrepreneurial. Um, you've, um, you know, you quite quickly moved from education into consultancy and then founded businesses and, you know, you've operated at VP exec level. What do you think, it, what do you think's given you that, you know, and, and I think you said earlier that you're four, you're only 40 at the moment, you're 42 kids. So you've achieved a hell of a lot for a very young age um, oh, thank you very much. What do you think's given you that determination and drive and that flair to, to become what you are and, and to have achieved everything that you've achieved? Well, good question. I mean, um, you said at the beginning, you know, I'm so successful and uh, honestly, I mean, su- success, first of all, for me, is a, is a really matter of definition. Yeah, what is successful when you're rich, when you have a company with a lot of employees, when you're whatever profitable as a company or when you're healthy, when you have a family um, and these kind of things. Um, uh, I think the, the, the definition of like success is, is very, very individual. And um, I'm fully aware of the fact that so many more people uh, at least from a business perspective, more successful out there. So um, I'm always a bit shy to, you know, to, to kind of answer these kind of questions. Um, mm-hmm. But when, you know, business-wise, h- how I got where I am right now um, is is definitely, you know, uh, a mixture of, of luck, uh, that's for sure. I think you always need luck in life, but you always also always need like um, like passion and engagement and, you, you you know you should definitely do what you you're passionate about and what you really like and where you can where you feel that uh, you know you have knowledge and potentially talent uh, that is better than than with other people yeah because you know i i at least i always want to i always want to win uh, um <laughs> so I, I hate losing to be honest i'm a very competitive i'm a very competitive guy um and so I, I'm trying to fight the walls where I'm, I'm good at uh, and where I have passion about. And, and you know, I think the, uh, a bigger mistake that I did also at the beginning, but a lot of other people also do, uh, is like you're, you're sometimes driven by, let's say, external things. External, mm-hmm. external things, I mean, like whatever status and money and, you know, what other people say and think about you. 
And I think it's, it's extremely important that you kind of separate yourself from these kind of influencing factors and that you mm -hmm. really focus on yourself, on, you know, on your, on your mind, on your strengths and your capabilities. And most importantly on your, you know, on, on what you're passionate about and what you really like to do on a daily basis, because otherwise you, you know, life is so short. It, it, I can tell you with my 40 years, it feels like it feels like it runs. Like, uh, <laughs> it was super quick. Right. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, a, it would be a waste of time or it is a waste of time if you're doing things that you don't like to do. So, um, and I'm, you know, I think I'm getting better and better at this, uh, like focusing on my own, uh, on my mm -hmm. own strengths and focusing on my passion. And, and especially in the last years that, that really helped me to, you know, to do what I'm doing now, like building, building this business and, and you know, having a family and, and doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Amazing. I, um, I think a lot of people would love to find out a little bit more about your five years in now. And this uh, Lycon's really gone from strength to strength. But there's a lot of people out there that are in earlier stages of their startup. And is there any sort of like tips and advice that you really think will help propel them into strengthening the organization? Uh, there are so many things that have to come together. Uh, and also we had a very, let's say, dynamic history. Um, uh, I, I would say like for Lycon and for myself, number one thing that brought us to where we are is, is you know, persistency. <laughs> and um, because you have to, you have to fight so many fights, like on a daily basis, you have to make so many decisions. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to, you know, you have to fight, you know, on a process perspective, you know, be it whatever IT processes or customer service processes and, and this and that, like this day-to-day -day things, um, um really um you know uh, uh, bring you in a position that you have to do so many decisions uh on a on an hourly basis on a minute basis uh basically and like to to go through this to always be persistent to to fight to always concentrate to you know make the right decisions on a daily basis um although there are so many things and and sometimes people that sort of sticks between your legs um that is that is i think one of the you know the most important uh characteristics an entrepreneur should have yeah persistency engagement based on passion as i uh as i said um so so that's definitely one number one number two is um look as an entrepreneur it's it's always easy to you know um think that or work on gut feel let's say it like this uh, and gut feel is important. Don't get me wrong. And gut feel, your gut is connected to your brain and, and to your experiences and to your logic. So gut feel is very often a good thing um, because it's more logical and more data-driven, so to say, than you think. However, um, I think it's extremely important that you make a lot of decisions based on data and based on information. Mm -hmm. um, and with this, me, I mean, also, you need to have like a very close ear and eye on your, on your customer all the time. You need to understand what's going on in customer service. You need to like ask your customer how you should build your product and you should really avoid to like do too many uh, decisions based on, on your gut feel solely. Mm -hmm. uh, if you, if so, then if you want to base it on gut feel, then better ask like 10 people in your company what, what their gut feel is as well. Um, but I think that is one of the biggest learning, especially for us, because we are in a, like in a sensitive industry. We, you know, we are at the threshold between uh, lifestyle and, and medical and 
you know, being very close to the customer, understanding the, you know, what the customer tells us, the data, this uh, quantitative information you get, uh, we get and we collect, uh, really brings you uh, then to the end in a, in a position where you, you know, are able to provide the customer a good product, but also in a position to, you know, market and sell your product uh, in, a, in the right way, in a smart way to your customer. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, um, I think these these are the two two most important things, I would say. Yeah, and I think that will definitely help other people that are finding it. I mean, it's the startup, it, startup scene is notoriously tough, so any tips on that is great. And your career then, um, as you've led some like group in Asia, there's some big roles. I'm sure you've managed some large teams. There's a Lycon scaled up as well. It'd be brilliant to find out a little bit more about your leadership style and um, mm-hmm. how you, your teams see, see you and perceive you and, and any tips on leadership that you may have for people that are looking to sort of climb the ladder? Mm-hmm. Um, I would consider my leader, leadership style as like rather democratic and potentially like coach-based. So I'm not the type of person that is like autocratic and like purely top-down and and these kind of things. Um, I mean, I think there are a lot of like examples out there of, of like very charismatic and strong leaders that always like just make decisions top down and, and they were successful. Uh, a lot of them were successful, but it's not my type, right? I, I am rather democratic. So I really try to like listen to people uh, a lot. So I rather ask people more than once, like, you know, what do you think? Are you sure? And I try to do that like as, as broad as possible. Sometimes people tell me that I'm uh, asking like too many people and ask too many questions. Uh, should make decisions uh, do I should make decisions rather quicker than involving too many people. But this is just my style, and I have like good experiences with this um, because it's you know it's in, in my brain it's like I want to you know it's like a puzzle piece. Every decision you make. You know, you, you, you make it based on data and information and this data and information you, you know, you put together, uh, at, at least again in my head, like this is my, my picture and what I have in mind. Then. And as soon as I have enough, enough puzzle pieces to make a proper decision, then I make the decision and not, uh, and not quicker. And this, again, this requires to, you know, work very collaboratively, uh, talk a lot, listen a lot, um, to you know, to make these decisions, sometimes it's it's uh, intense and it's time consuming, mm. but for me it's uh, it's helpful. And then and then I you know I, I really like the idea of, of coaching. Coaching is also very time intense. So unfortunately, uh, apologies to my fellows and at Lycon, I don't have like too much t- time uh, for this, and I should allocate much more time to this actually. But I I, I really like you know, coaching and sparring in both directions, actually. I always ask for feedback as well. Uh, and again, for me, like negative feedback is, is, is the best feedback because, you know, mm. this, uh, listening to people saying, hey, you've done things great is fine, but you don't learn that much from that. Uh, but having smart people in front of you who tells you, hey, this was not good and this you should have or could have done better is, is, uh, is important information you need as a, as a leader, uh, which you seldomly get, though, unfortunately. So yeah, to sum it up, uh, democratic uh, leadership style in combination in combination with uh, you know, coaching. 
I think by having that approach, you're, you're taking your team on the journey, aren't you, with you? So you've all got that end goal in mind and everyone's adding value. So hopefully in terms of sort of retention opportunities for your team in the future, that, that should be great. So, yeah, no, brilliant. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Fantastic. So um, I just wanted to actually go back to when we were talking about um, Lycon and um, and obviously given the current um, pandemic um, that we're all dealing with and um, I mean, I'm very jealous that you guys are now able to go and eat out in your favourite restaurants and obviously your Germany's um, coming back out of this quite, um, you know, quite well considering. Um, Lycon's been instrumental recently um, as well, haven't you, as a, a business in um, h- helping um, people, I guess, um, from a testing point of view. It'd be interesting to tell um, the, the listeners and viewers more about how as a business you've pivoted um, and what you're doing now and, and what the challenges have been throughout that journey. Mm. Corona-wise, you mean, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, it has been a challenging time for us as well, for, for everybody. Um, I mean, l- luckily, from a business perspective, you know, things are going, going good um, because we're in healthcare and healthcare is like less mm-hmm. affected than whatever travel from, from Corona, obviously. But also we saw like a drop in revenue, like in the first two weeks, because everybody was in shock and freezing and not buying anything, um, et cetera. Um, and then you you know you have to manage people remotely, which is uh, which is a hugely different, uh, which is a huge challenge and hugely different to what we've done before. I was always of the strong and more traditional opinion that you have to have people like uh, in the office, um, you know, be, being able to see them face to face, building a culture um, mm. in the office, um, and do that remotely is is, is much harder and. Um, you know, how, it's a good question. Like, how do you build a culture remotely? Like, if you have everybody remote, it's not easy. Or how do you maintain a culture remotely? It's not easy. And we've, I mean, we've set up a few measurements uh, to make sure that people stay kind of connected um, with, uh, for example, like making sure that we have like weekly company update meetings and like transport information even more intensively uh, than beforehand be more transparent than even beforehand uh, we haven't had like a company update meeting on a weekly basis but more on a bi-weekly basis so now we have a weekly basis um, we made sure that everybody um, you know is doing as much video as possible instead of just like calling each other uh, from home or doing a non-video based uh, chat like video because video is a bit more than just like seeing people is more than the voice hearing only the voice and so on and so on. So we try to, you know, try to do a few things left and, and right there. Um, and coming to the second part of your question, like, yeah, we are, you know, we're offering a COVID-19 antibody test. Uh, pretty early, we were the first ones in Germany that offer uh, such a test for at, home, for at home usage. And, you know, it was driven by by two things. Uh, one um, is a com- is a more commercial aspect because we had experience with these kind of ELISA tests. So ELISA is a methodology behind that. So it's a lab mm-hmm. test, not like one of these rapid tests. Uh, it's a very trustful and and highly scientific and uh, C marked uh, lab test. Um, so we we knew how that works, and we had the interface to laboratories uh, to in order to implement that. Um, so we 
we just did it. Um, however, the second aspect was also uh, like we felt responsible to do something in this mm -hmm. in this period. Um, my, my family was also affected by Corona, so we had one like uh, one family member who, who died from uh, wow. Corona. So that kind of pushed me even more to think in that di di direction, and um, mm. I felt like antibody testing, like to check if you had Corona, and to uh, you know uh, at least understand um, if you are immune with a higher probability. So it's to be clear here, it's not 100% safe scientific but very likely that if you had Corona and you developed antibodies uh, that you are immune. Um, but to, you know, to, to give people the opportunity to, to check if they're immune and to check if they have antibody and to potentially mm -hmm. live, you know, live, uh, live, live their lives in a, in a bit of a, you know, a different way than, than if they wouldn't know that. Uh, you know, and I, I think, I know how it is with like family and, and kids um, not being able to see the grandparents and et cetera for, for a while. And I had a lot of friends uh, who had like sick cases in their families and they couldn't visit them in the hospital, et cetera. Um, mm -hmm. So there are a lot of tragedies uh, going on uh, these days still. Um, and look, an antibody testing is, is definitely something that, that, that can help, that helps to open up the society again, to find an exit out of this situation. And, and we wanted to support that. So this is what we did it in the end. Oh, that's fantastic. Great. And um, might be ordering one of those myself <laughs> soon. You're um, very much invited. <laughs> um, so what's, um, obviously you've, um, again, uh, you know, I guess reiterate in the successful career path that you followed um, I'm assuming rightly or wrongly throughout your time you've either um, listened to um, maybe other podcasts or um, read quite a lot of books and um, articles are there any books or articles podcasts etc that you would recommend um, to the listeners that that you've personally um, you know felt that has helped you along the way that um, anyone can kind of learn from or you know that's helped get you where, to, where you are today question um, I'm, I'm very much into audiobooks these days I'm, I'm listening to a lot of audiobooks I felt like this is uh, it's easier for me to like allocate my my time uh, to other things than, than like on my family like when I'm walking to the office for example I'm listening to audiobooks so um, well one audiobook I really one book uh, I really liked was um, you know from from good to great it's called from Jim Collins. Oh, yeah. uh, pretty famous I think a lot of people yeah. have, have read it and it was definitely uh, a book that helped me you know that guided me somehow through uh, yeah, you know, through a lot of things and then guided me to make the right decisions. Uh, don't want to go into the details of the book right now. It's, too, uh, it's, it's mm -hmm. too, too complicated, but it's definitely a fantastic book. I, I can, I can recommend it. It's a lot about strategy and, you know, leadership styles and what makes companies successful and, and being great instead of good. So that's number one, potentially. Um, <laughs> recently I've, I've listened to, a, uh, an audiobook. It's called uh, "Can't Hurt Me" from David Goggins, uh, an ex-Navy SEAL uh, who became then an, uh, 
an ultra marathon runner and he holds some world records in uh, pull-ups and so on and so on. He's a crazy, <laughs> crazy, crazy guy. Uh, but his history is so interesting because he had a terrible childhood and he was obese and at some point it clicked in his brain and then he had like a few months to apply for the Navy SEALs. He lost, I think it was 50 kilo in three months and he was super fit. And wow. uh, I like this this kind of shit I wanted to say. Like, I, I like this, like, motivational <laughs> stuff. And he's motivational like, and inspirational. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's very motivational, very inspirational. And and he's a crazy dude. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm still, like, I listened to it, like, a month, two, two months ago. Uh, I still, uh, I, I honestly, I changed, uh, I, I would say I changed uh, a lot in, in my life after I read this book. I, I was, I'm even more focused on, you know, and timing and, mm. and sports and, and pushing through the things that I want to do. Uh, so that's number two. And uh, number three, um, yeah, there's a book called Peak Performance, which I also like. So a guy that's like approached uh, performance in sports and businessmen and scientists and artists, uh, like from scientific perspective, like what are the factors to achieve peak performance, uh, scientific based factors to achieve peak performance, very interesting insights. Yeah, so these three books, maybe. Interesting. What was the second one again? Um, David Goggins, Can't Hurt Me. Right, okay. I'm going to have to get that one. Sounds interesting. It's crazy. It's <laughs> crazy. I think um, there's a common theme around like that sporting, looking after yourself, health. Obviously, it's the nature of why Lycon came around. But obviously, mm-hmm. uh, mental health and looking after your body is so important. Um it's interesting, isn't it, that a lot of leaders struggle to find the time to do it, but it'd be great if you can share any tips for you that, like, what keeps you sane and healthy? How do you allocate your time to look after yourself and really switch off um, from such an important, important role? It's not easy, actually. I mean, entrepreneurs usually are 24-7, uh, at least <laughs> thinking about the business. And in my case, it's maybe 27 <laughs> so um, it, it's I'm you know honestly I'm still struggling to find the sweet spot there. Um, mm. I'm get I'm getting you know I'm getting better with this that's that's for sure. Um, and there are a few things that helped me in the last years to optimize this. One is it's potentially the the best health hack I've ever done, um, uh, or I've like um, I've done recently again, like a couple of started a couple of years again. Uh, which is meditation, right? Meditation is, uh, it sounds a bit esoteric. Uh, I'm not sure if that's the right English pronunciation, es- esoteric or esoteric, but, um, but it's, it's really fantastic. It calms you down. It's like, it's basically, you know, you, your brain is like a muscle, right? And, and you have to train your muscle and you're training your muscle every day when you, when you work and when you do business and stuff. But you have to relax the muscle as well. You, you have to give him calm time and relaxation time. And meditation just like accelerates this uh, strongly. So um, that's definitely number one. And then number two is, is time management. Little things like, you know, really using the time you have in the morning, especially to do something meaningful, not like, um, not like being in bed forever and, you know, checking Instagram and social media channels and this and that. Uh, it's just, for me, it's not productive and it's not also not re- relaxing. So I, I tr- at least try to stand up quick after I woke up. I do, since a while, like an exercise every morning for 10 minutes. So I have my exercise video 
um, uh, which which I do um, like ten minutes, which is which is great. So what I want to say is like um, time management is is really important. Uh, you know, put things in your calendar even in the morning that you want to do sports, uh, but also if you want to have a date night with your wife and these kind of things, <laughs> otherwise it will not it will not happen. And and then certainly I, I learned a lot about behavioral change in, uh, in the last year. So we as, at Lycon also think a lot about behavioral change. How can you make people to change their behavior and follow our recommendations? And, um, you know, little things like um, establishing tiny habits and how do you establish them? For example, you know, if you want to whatever build muscles, uh, like how do you make sure that you allocate, you know, whatever push-ups uh, in your daily routine? And then, the, the, there are a few tricks like for example always connect a new habit to an old habit like if you whatever go to the toilet uh afterwards you do 10 push-ups right so then you always connect something which you do usually during the day uh and uh, with something new you want to do so behavioral change is is definitely something uh, and the theory behind it definitely helps me to manage my uh, my day a bit better it's a good way to easy yeah. It's easy, no, it's not, uh, but it's, yeah, I'm, I, I'm um, getting there. Yeah, I agree. I particularly liked your point on social media because um, it can, it, before you know it, you've spent an hour scrolling yes. on your phone. Exactly, exactly. And what do you get from it? Like, what, how does it yeah. make yeah. you feel? Does it make you feel any better, any less stressed? It doesn't really, does it? Um, yeah. We had someone, um, we had him. Mm. Um, a group, global group IT director on our podcast the other day actually and he he we asked him the same question and he said something um similar to yourself um and I think he he's got like a one and a half year old he gets up really early half um, past four he wakes up yeah um but he just said that he doesn't spend that time on social media and he makes choices on like and Netflix and things like that and um, for the first time, so that I've been learning through these recording these podcasts as well. And for the first time, um, the other night, I just thought, you know what? Instead of what, instead of having an hour or so watching something on TV, I'm going to do this one thing. I've got this little project that I've been wanting to do for a while, and I just thought, you know what? I'm going to sit down on my laptop and I'm going to do that. And I felt so much better for doing that. But it is yeah. time management, isn't it? It's it's mind changing your mindset. And time management but it's quite hard to to do that i think you've got to have a lot of self-control absolutely it's a lot about self-discipline um yeah i mean little things like not having your mobile phone close to your bed is, is, is yeah is, is, is easy to <laughs> yeah actually i'm doing that since like 10 years now so i don't have my mobile phone close to my bed it's uh because i'm a bit addictive so i if i start if i you know if I have a, if I would have it close to my bed, I would definitely do something wrong with it, like social media, which, uh, yeah, as I said, like I think is a, a bit of a waste of time uh, very often. And mm-hmm. yeah, you need to you need to really take ownership of your time and of your mm-hmm. life, and and um, you know, taking ownership is 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 not like sitting in a chair relaxed. Uh, having your whatever uh, fries uh, on the right side and your mobile phone left, left mm-hmm. side, browsing through Instagram. This is not taking control of your life. This is uh, letting go of your life. Very well said. <laughs> Good top tips there, which is brilliant. Um, it'd be interesting then to finish the podcast with what you're most excited about. So obviously it's been a turbulent six months for us all. 
And for a lot of business owners like yourself, they've had to pivot or change their original plans and take a slightly different approach. But it'd be great to find out what your plans are over the next sort of 12 months and what you're most excited for at Lycom. Um, look, I mean, I have a lot of plans privately and, uh, and, and business-wise. We have, you know, starting with Lycon, I mean, we have so many things in, in, in front of us which we want to do. We have a clear strategy. We want to launch new products, uh, new technology, new app. Uh, it's a tremendous, tremendous work we have in front of us, but it's all exciting because, as I said, it's like what I really like uh, you know, I just like to you know, build companies. I like to to work with people, and uh, I like to think about nutrition and health and longevity and all these all these things we're doing. So, so um, yeah. The, uh, to sum it up, like a lot of a lot of projects are going on where, um, where which I really like and I'm super excited about. On the one side, on the other side, like privately, um, you know, I'm excited that Corona is getting in the right direction. At least, mm. uh, I'm, I'm super happy to see people eating outside. At least in Germany, I'm exactly sure it is in in the UK these days. Don't think that well yet, behind. right? <laughs> Quite a bit behind, a few weeks behind. Um, but but I'm pretty sure you will you will manage it well. Um, but I, yeah, I definitely want to do much more sports, uh, A and B, spend more time with my family. Um, I have a bit of a goal, uh, which is a triathlon next year. Oh, so I just, uh, just had a discussion with my wife recently and asked her, are you okay if I'm going to train for a triathlon? And she, she was like, what does it mean exactly? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, I look a bit more training in, in the morning and in the evening. See me even less. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, which one do you think? Which area do you think you you will struggle on? Because obviously, there's normally one, isn't there? Usually, people are good on the bike and good at the run, but they struggle on the swim. Which which bit do you think you'll need the most work on? Um, the swimming part, definitely. It's tough, mm, isn't it? It's tough. Yeah. I'm not a good swimmer, um, so I I want to do a bit of a swim training uh, soon. Yeah. Mm. Um, Running, I'm okay, actually. So I've done a marathon and, and 10Ks and half marathons and stuff. So I'm, I'm pretty okay there. Uh, cycling doesn't feel that complicated. In that. Yeah. <laughs> Swimming is always is... the hardest to, le- to learn. Yeah. It's always a bit, unless you're sort of like taught techniques at childhood, I think it's always quite tough. My, um, my partner, he, he takes parts in triathlons every year with work. They do it as a corporate thing. And he's just not got the swimming technique and he's had lessons, but it's just tough, isn't it? So, um, yeah, fingers crossed for that. That's exciting. Yeah. Will it be? Yeah. Thank you. Will it Thank be announced public? I haven't, I haven't announced it public. I think I haven't announced oh. it anybody. Oh, it'll be public so, <laughs> Yeah, it will be. It's out there now. You've committed. Well. That's it. Sometimes <laughs> you need to commit to things like that. So, um, yeah, make sure you send us through the sponsorship details. Once you, are you going to do it for charity? <laughs> oh, yeah. Good good idea, actually. I didn't think about that, but, but maybe. Um, yeah. Well, definitely. You'll have to let us know. because we'll Maybe maybe a mindfulness or mental health chari- charity, potentially. Yeah. Good idea. Good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, it's been fantastic speaking to you, Tobias. Thank you very much for coming on the podcast. If anyone's got any questions, are they all right to sort of reach out to you direct or if they're interested in finding out more about Lycon? Absolutely. Write me, tobias.toyber at lycon.com. Um, I'm, okay. you know, I'm happy to answer all your questions or, or connect to you. Or ping me on whatever LinkedIn, for example. LinkedIn, yeah. yeah. So most yeah. people use LinkedIn, don't they? Um, fantastic. 
Brilliant. Um, so hope everyone has enjoyed listening and tuning into this one. Um, we we don't charge for these podcasts, but what we would love it, um, is if everyone could um, share the podcast um, so that we can share all the learnings and experiences um, from this great session. And thank you very much again, Tobias. Thank, thank you. you. It was fantastic. Great <laughs> questions. Uh, great podcast. Uh, I love it. <laughs> thank you.